What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Buckets brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and this is your NBA season-long stat props best bets episode. I nailed all those words in the right order. On today's show, we'll go over all sorts of cool stuff that you can find in the market as far as player stats to be found across the markets as we get closer to the NBA season. We're recording this on Sunday night, so we've only got about, what, gosh, eight days left uh, before the start of the NBA season. Very excited. And to break all those great stats down and those props, I had to bring on two of the very best in props and futures, and this is Prop Futures. So who better to get bring on than Jim Turvey? You know him from Wuckets. You can find him on Twitter, at TurveyBets, and in the Action Network app, and Joe Delera, who you can find on Twitter and in the Action Network app at Joe Delera. Joe, I, I'm you're kill. You got to get a hand. Br- Brandon has a handle. Like you got to get. I need <laughs> honestly. I think like treadmill and chains should probably be the handle, <laughs> but we got to spice it up, my man. Because Joe Delera, like just the name is. Although I guess you own it, so it's, that's pretty impressive. But we got to spice it up, my man. I know. Look, I, I don't know. Like, I think maybe we'll have to like add in a different thing or maybe like add an emoji or something like that. But I, you know, the people, the people like it, you know, it's just, I am who I am. No, just Joe <laughs> Dallaire. Uh, all right. Want to let you know everything we talk about, as always, can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. The props that we find, you can find in these gentlemen's bios tracked on the apps. Make sure to check that out. Also want to let you know that if you haven't yet, go to youtube.com slash the action network, subscribe, turn on notifications, and you can catch all of our great live shows, not only on the NFL, but also we'll be having them for the NBA. We're looking at starting, we got some really cool stuff in the works for a live show on the NBA, as well as uh, you'll be able to find content from all the great stuff that we're doing for season previews, this podcast, all sorts of cool stuff. Check it out on the Action Network YouTube page. All right, gents. So I want to get started with you. Uh, Jim, let's start with you. When these markets start, first start popping out, and some I saw, I think, as early as like late, late August was like the first that they really kind of started spitting out. September is when they kind of start filling in a lot, a lot more. And then really, once we get to preseason, we start to get like a very good menu of these season props stat bets what are you looking for when you're trying to find value on these plays what are the what are the signifiers uh for edge for you in these markets yeah for sure so first of all i think i think it is always wise to you know as soon as those markets come out at least be poking around a little bit because you know these these numbers don't move as much as as some others but they'll they'll notably move you know um i i wrote a piece up for action the other week one had you know, it had moved by the time the article came out and it moved right after. So, you know, always go in and and, and do some of that research as early as you can, if, if possible. But I think my my overall approach, because there's so many of these, these, these run deep, they'll offer the top 30 or 40 scores in the in the NBA this season, same for rebounds, assists. It's a lot to really to, to kind of like dive into each single one. 
So I usually kind of go a once over and just see if anything smells weird. Um, you know, I might go in and do a little research beforehand, you know, finals are done, kind of look at some players who potentially shot, you know, who saw their field goal percentage go up by a ton last season. And I'm thinking maybe are going to regress back a little bit this season, um, you know, going into depth charts and just seeing players who, you know, maybe they got really high usage last year, but they have te- they have, you know, people coming on to a team this year, they're going to eat into that usage a little bit. Players that, you know, they they were high usage when um, certain players were out last season, but we're not expecting those players to be out this season. Just and, and I, I said all of those centered around unders. I, I usually skew a little bit under more than over, but this isn't a market where I, I think it's egregious and you have to only look at unders. I, I think there are overs as well. So same deal. So say you have a team that, you know, someone wasn't as high usage, but a couple big usage players left in, in the uh, offseason or something. So you can kind of do a little prep work before it going into it and then when it drops you're you're ready to to kind of attack uh, these numbers as as they drop joe delara who uh, i will go ahead and preface this uh this is recording this on sunday night and joe is both a giants fan and also that giants money line and they lost on a fourth and goal incompletion with no time remaining uh, to absolutely just kick him in the nuts as hard as possible. <laughs> so if Joe sounds a little despondent, that's why. Not to like really skewer it in there, Joe. But when you're looking at these markets, um, what are the things in the past when you were, you know, those happier days before tonight that you were looking at to try and find uh, value? What did you look for? Uh, some of the times what I do is I try to look at, you know, what – historically has been like the tier or like what the number is that kind of wins uh, or like kind of leads the league in maybe a particular stat. Like if, you know, if you're looking for points per game or rebounds per game or assists per game type of leader, I, a lot of times I'll look and say like, all right, well, like what's the criteria for this? Like what generally is winning and who kind of has that type of ceiling and are they on a team or in an environment where they can do that? So I'm looking for things. We Sometimes it goes into the team in general as well. Uh, do I think they're going to be really fast? Do they have a new coach? Is there going to be something that changes this season over last season that should impact this particular player in what I think could be a positive way or a negative way if I'm looking for an under? Um, so those are some of the things that I try to look at, at least to just kind of have a little bit more of a holistic idea of what's going on. And I think the gym kind of nailed it. It's like you want to have an idea of what you like about particular players or what you like about particular teams. So when these markets do open, you can kind of jump all over them right away because that's really when you're going to get a lot of the value. But that doesn't mean that now, especially after seeing some preseason games, that there isn't some more value to still be had because it's now a new variable and a new factor that you can take into your analysis. Can I hop in really quick? One thing that Joe said that remind me, I think is a great point. Um, You know, new coaches um, looking at a team that potentially was like had a slower pace coach last season is going to have a faster pace coach this season or the inverse. I think pace is kind of one of those things that a lot of smart bettors know to pay attention to, but the market doesn't always catch on to. I think that's a really big thing. So teams with new coaches who are flipping the pace in either direction is, is really big for, for season long stuff. Yeah, I I tend to target preseason is really where I, I want to bet these things. Like I will take some that these two gentlemen give us tonight and I'll probably tail them. And then Things like last season, I knew that the Heat were going to be undersized, and you would tend to think that that would think that Bam would go over his rebound number, but he didn't because it's actually harder if you, I think if you're small bodied, uh, you're you've got two guys on the opposing team that can box out the, the lone rebounder. So I think the under um, on Bam and that was a good play, and then I I saw pretty much early on that Joker Nikola Jokic was going to 
really looked to get his teammates involved. Like when he started saying things in, in preseason press conferences, like there's a lot of new guys on the team and you watch him and he's not shooting because he's trying to get everybody else involved. I was like, he's not going to shoot a lot this season. So we took the under on points. And despite him going bonkers late in the season, <laughs> that one's still cash. Um, I bring these up not to victory lap, but just instead to kind of note that you will find things in preseason. Like right now, I am desperate to find Desmond Bain numbers. Like just, yeah. I'll take anything at this point. Like any book that wants to lay a Desmond <laughs> Bain number out there. I don't care. Stocks. I'll take a Desmond Bain stocks number because Desmond Bain's about to absolutely destroy the league and people really don't understand how good he's going to be. And we talked about him for most improved, but like that's an, a case of when I watch Memphis, I'm like, oh, Desmond's making a lead. Like that's going to be a lot bigger. Um, I'm looking for opportunities on Patrick Williams as well. Like players like that that are kind of marginal. If you can find those in a market, I think there's a little bit of opportunity there. Because some of these, some books are actually offering pretty niche ones, depending on where you find them, even if they're tied to, say, a parlay with like a, a team outcome. I actually like those pretty well because um, one that I did last season was I took uh, Harden to lead the league in assists and the Sixers to win the Eastern Conference. So guess what I was able to do when I, they were facing the Boston Celtics and they were up? <laughs> I was able to absolutely just hammer the shit out of Boston because I had this nice fat ticket beforehand. I'm not saying that you should always do that, but it was a specific uh, circumstance that, that led to a pretty good outcome for me. Um, that was then totally negated because the Miami heat decided to shoot 45% <laughs> from three. Uh, all right. So let's get to some best bets here, guys. Let's get the people what they want. Cause that's this week's entire edition is we're going to talk best bets throughout the week. So let's start with Joe Dolera. Uh, Joe through your tears in the whiskey. Uh, what are your best bets for the NBA player prop stats for 2023-24? So I think my favorite one, and it hurts me a little bit because you guys all know that I'm a huge Tyrese Halliburton fan. Um, I think that the number is a little mispriced for him to lead the league in assists per game. And I'm actually looking at a different player, in my opinion. I think that there's some value on Trey Young to lead the league in assists per game at 4-1. to one. Last year, Trey averaged 10.2. He was third behind both Harden and Halliburton. The year before, he was at 9.7 in third, once again, behind Chris Paul and Harden. The year previous to that, he was behind Westbrook and Harden, and then he had 9.4. So we've actually seen an uptick in Trey Young assists each season. I think that having a full year with Quinn Snyder as coach is going to be very helpful. And I also think that we're going to see Obviously, there's there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with James Harden. I don't know what kind of player he's going to be this year. I'm not sure how many games he's going to play. I'm not sure what his role is going to be on whatever, if he stays in Philly, if he goes to a different team. So I think that this is an opportunity to say like, all right, well, you know, Halliburton's done a lot of good things. He's played really well. He actually was he was out for a pretty significant chunk last season. Um, we've seen him deal with some injuries before, and I think that Trey Young has seen an uptick in his assists and his usage every single year. And the fact that he was able to increase his assists playing alongside of DeJounte Murray, I think is a good thing for him. And I expect that to kind of gel after playing for a full season, having a new coach in the offseason. Uh, I, I like him, and I think the number at 4-1 to one is just a little bit too long there for him. It's interesting. You know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what the, the Hawks offense looks like because, yeah. you know, the Jazz were really heavy pick and roll. You know, and that's one of the reasons why it was easy to kind of hire Quinn was, how can I put this? Trey Young... No, I just go ahead and say it. Uh, a lot of people in the league believe that's that's how I'll put this. A lot of people in the league believe uh, that Trey Young wanted someone different to coach the Hawks. Yeah. Two different people, actually. He was he was higher on, and they wound up with Quinn Snyder, who I think is a really good coach and a, a really good fit for him, and they'll make him better. But like Donovan Mitchell did run a heavy pick and roll offense, and it wasn't necessarily heliocentric. 
they're going to, I think, diversify maybe a little bit more, but I still think that Trey's going to just, Trey's just going to naturally generate so many. And especially if you're, if the offense is, is cleaner and smoother and the spacing is better, that plays into, I think, Trey's strengths. So I think there's probably value there. Um, you're right. It's really odd to me to see the books like very much jump from underrating Tyrese Halliburton last year to very much being like having him at a minus number on these is like, oof, that's yeah. like he's minus, he, he's a minus number for, for 11 plus in the market. And that, that's aggressive. It's crazy. Uh, he is still, yeah. He's uh, 195 in the market uh, to at one book to be the leader in assists. Uh, Jim, do you have any thoughts on this market in particular? So I don't have any specific leader ones. So actually, it goes well with Joe. Joe gave you a leader one. I'm going to give you some specific player ones um, on, a, on a certain stat for the season. So um, I've got two guys who I'm kind of looking at together, both breakout players last year, um, both really talented young guys. So it's always a little scary to fade. But Laurie Markkinen and De'Aaron Fox are two guys who I am looking to take the under on their points per game this season. So mm. these are both guys who saw massive jumps in their field goal percentage last year. And a good amount of that was them being more comfortable in the league, um, you know, being more physical and being able to get to the basket better. But we're talking about jumps of from both guys right around 52 to right around 58% um, from inside the arc. Both players also saw a three-point percentage jump, not quite as not six percent, but also um, jump as well. I, even if there's just a touch of regression there um, for either of these guys, uh, the books actually have uh, Fox averaging more points per game than last season. I really don't see that. So for Fox, it's under twenty-five a game, and for Markin, it's under twenty-four and a half. The other thing with Markin uh, is the the Colin Sexton factor. So there's always a chance that he could get hurt again. He could get shipped out of town, and you know maybe we're relying on that field goal progression. But um, when Markin and Sexton were playing together at the start of the season, Markin was only averaging twenty-two point two points per game. It really was that after Sexton left the lineup, he was at around twenty-seven point eight. So those are pretty notably different um, averages per game with Sexton, which makes sense. He's you know not exactly known for creating offense for his teammates, pretty high usage guy. So um, I, those are two that I'm really liking on the underside. Um, one, if you're looking at an over one, I think just like a little bit off priced off market. There's, there's out there. You can find uh, Luca to average 32 plus at plus two twenty. Um, most books have him at around 31 and a half for his overall, um, you know, prop like juiced on either side. So to have, plus 220 just to get that extra half point. Um, he actually averaged more than this last season. He averaged 32.4. Tiny, tiny sample we're talking here, but with Kyrie in those six games, he averaged 32.5. He did average a few uh, less points per possession um, when he was on the court with Kyrie, but I don't know if we all expect Kyrie to consistently be on the court at any time in any year. Uh, and there's just the trends in the in the league as a whole. You just see more scoring season after season after season. Luca is theoretically in shape this season um we'll see if he plays himself out of shape as you like to say matt but uh this one at plus 220 as well i just don't see that number being um, very accurately priced so that's that's one if you prefer an over so you're against larry marketing and you're bumping up luca Dunch. so you're just gonna like go against me and like all the things that like i'm partial <laughs> to. like you're just like just dig it um okay so I want to bring up one. I think those are both, those are pretty sharp plays. The Sexton one, I think is interesting. I will say that Sexton was involved in multiple deals that the jazz talked about in the Damian Lillard trade time. So Sexton was involved in conversations with Phoenix. Uh, Sexton was involved in their conversations with Portland. 
and Sexton was involved in multi-team deals involving the Miami Heat. So, like, Colin Sexton is not like a player that the Utah Jazz are like, oh, no, yeah, Colin's going to be here a long time. That's not not a thing. So I, I definitely think that one I have I have some questions about. Fox I actually think is, like, really interesting. Just to kind of the, – the Kings in general I think are a fascinating question of how, how what kind of regression yeah. level do we think that they're going to go to. Um, with Luka, I mean, it really kind of comes down to, like, what's Kyrie's role, right? Like, are there enough shots to go around, and do they – Will they just lean back in on ISO heavy Luca ball, which I just kind of think that's what he wants. Yeah. I don't mind the 32 play because I think that's what he wants. Joe, do you have any more? Is that the only one that you have for the, on the board, on the board tonight? Uh, I do have one other leader bet and it's one that I think it's, we just always talk about and we always give out, but Curry to lead in threes per game is at minus minus one fifty. <laughs> like ding, I ding, think ding, just, ding, ding. you, you have to take it. You have to, he literally didn't play enough games last year and <laughs> still so did it. He still did it. Like it, like I like I I looked at the underwriting. The underwriting all looks fairly standard based on what we heard back from the NBA last year. It was just Curry was the leader. They didn't even care. They didn't even care. They didn't play for the eight games. Like they were just like, no, he was the leader. So I think that just based on what he puts up, on the volume that he puts up every single game and the consistency at minus one fifty, you have to bet it. Like it's it's just wash, rinse, repeat. Um, he just dominates three pointers per game. And I get the injury concerns. You know, he's obviously another year older Draymond, uh, you know, it looks like he's going to miss a little bit of time, but I do think that just not having to share the court with, uh, with Jordan Poole should help, um, you know, him maintain the three point volume over the course of the season. I think. I feel like I'm going to have to ask the league to make sure. Yeah. About the, the, what the game limits are going to be if like have they changed game limits on any of the statistical requirements yeah because i know like, they changed that to 65 that'd be unfortunate for all of us and very agreed place. agreed because i know like last year and you, on the nba's website the last i checked anyway it's the 58 game minimum if you don't play 58 then they go and look at how many games you did play and then basically add zeros up until you get to 58 games and curry last year even doing that still was the leader in three spur games so i think that you know it might be better if we have a bit more clear answer from the nba before the season starts but based on what it says on their website uh that's the way that you interpret it that's the way i interpret it anyway so clay led the league in total threes total threes and healed was 15 above curry in 24 more games God. yeah yeah curry it's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, I just it's the, the last year's performance. I think is is what really makes it to where I think you just almost have to bet this again. Like I was kind of thinking I wouldn't bet it again. To be perfectly honest with you, I was like, I don't know. Like he keeps getting hurt, and they really got to keep him healthy. And he, you know, he's he's getting into his mid thirties, and this, that, and the other. And now I'm kind of like, man, I don't know. Like he missed. He only played fifty six games last year, and he still won the damn thing. Like to, for those that don't know, they have to prorate it. That's that's how he won. Is like you have to prorate the total per game and then extrapolate it per eighty. And like he still won, like he still he still got it. That's insane. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, he is cheat code. Absolutely. <laughs> I love uh, it. Okay, so to recap, Jim's got Laurie Markkinen under points, Fox under points, Luca over thirty two. Joe has. Trey Young, league leader in assists. Steph Curry, three-pointer leaders. 
Those are your best bets. We'll get some more stat best bets from the rest of our contributors up next. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Join me now. Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. Couldn't have a, a props episode without bringing Brandon on. Brandon, what do you got for me for NBA season-long future props? Yeah, this is the one episode that uh, that I'm actually giving out some winners and so some crazy long shots that we'll get crazy CLV on and lose anyway. I just got two bets here with minus numbers in front of them that I had to give out. So I know one of them we've already got on this podcast, and it's one we've talked about year after year after year. I got to do it again. Give me the Steph Curry threes per game leader bet. I got to do it. It is minus 150 at BetMGM. I see it minus 150, minus 167, 180 elsewhere. So effectively implied odds, 60% at BetMGM, anywhere 60 to 64%. What are we doing? Like, why, why is this still a bet available to us every year? Thank you. Thank you. We love you, books. Thank you for this bet that is available. Here's the numbers. I'll make the case again. Steph Curry, pretty good at shooting threes. Made 4.9 per game last year. Won this award like he does every single time at most books. Caveat, asterisk, star. Be sure to read the fine print. Follow Joe Delera. Make sure that you read his thing about which books are the right place to get this bet. My question for you, since we've given this bet out already, I want to ask you this question. Okay. I, I like your, your, I do like you asking what the hell we're doing here because it's a, it's a very good question. Um, <laughs> would you agree with me that this is less of a bet than it has been in years past? That like of all the years, like we bet this the last couple of years being like, what the hell? Why is this bet on the board? I will probably bet this before the season begins. I am not going to go as heavy as I did last year. Like I was, I was, I felt very lucky to have gotten out last <laughs> year with it. Um, I personally think that probably we're getting we're getting to a point where we're probably entering a there's a risk here. I still think he should be the favorite. 60% implied still sounds good, but I'm not sure that it's like before I would have been like, this should be like minus 350. What are you doing? And now I'm kind of like, okay, we might be approaching the range where this is actually an accurate number. Okay, so I disagree because I mean, I agree in theory, but I disagree with your numbers. I wrote the article on this two years ago, I believe, when I agree, it was a better angle two years ago. He, he's, it, it's not as strong now. Clay's shooting is up. Dame's shooting more threes. Buddy's shooting threes. Like, there are guys who are closing the gap a little bit. Here's where I disagree. The number that I thought was genuinely the fair market price from two years ago in my article was minus 1,000. And I thought I was being kind at minus 1,000. Like, he, because here's the problem, or the good thing for us, he led the league last year by 0.5 threes per game. So that's like, that is a more than 10% margin over the next closest person. That's Clay. He also led the league in attempts per game. So even on a, quote, bad shooting year for Steph, we still have the most volume to shoot from. So there's such a huge cushion here of lead by having the volume lead by having the greatest shooter in human history of a basketball in seven straight healthy seasons. So throwing out that one season when he was 
barely played and they tanked, 4.13s are better, which would have won every single year. Here are the years Steph Curry has been the threes per game leader, starting with last year. 2023, 22, 21, not 2020. 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13. 10 years. 10 out of the last 11 years. He has won this bet. Yes, I agree. It is not as valuable as it was two years ago. Yes, it is absolutely still bettable. It no longer should be minus 1,000. I have not done the math the same way this year, but I think now maybe it's approaching your minus 350 or something. I still think it is a clear value. The reason I had to give this out, and I even knew Joe and Jim would be on this, I suggested this to you in our text, and you were like, really again? And I was like, oh, really again is the response? All right, really again, bet it again. It still is free money as far as I'm concerned. He just has to play. What else you got? All right, so... From the guy who brought you Steph's three, a one-time only bet that I might like more than the Steph threes bet this year. It's a one-time only because I don't think we're getting it again. Victor Wembanyama to block five shots in any one game. In any game this season, Victor has to block five shots. It's minus 150. Now, this is not a widely available bet. You're going to have to like look around and find this one. But I think that this bet genuinely could cash by the end of October. Why? Because Victor Wembanyama, in his debut as an NBA player at Summer League, blocked five shots in the first time he ever stepped on a court. Remember how bad he was that game? Remember how it was like overwhelming with the cameras and everything? And we're all like, oh, I don't know. what." Block five shots anyway. He did it six times last year in the French League. 27 NBA players blocked five shots in a game last year. You're telling me 27 guys are going to do it, but not Victor Wembanyama, the dude who can just stand flat-footed and touch the rim? He's not going to block five shots in a game? Like, I don't know who the current J.R. Smith is, but if we get some, like, wild young player who's like, oh, I'm going to score on that dude, that tall guy, I'm going to get him, he might legit block five shots in a possession. Like, he'll just keep <laughs> blocking a guy and embarrassing someone. Yeah. Last year, 17 players had multiple games with five blocks. Jaron Jackson Jr. did it 14 times. Victor Weminyama is going to block five shots in a game. I think that this cashes by Thanksgiving. He would have to like retire and move back to France before that for me not to like this number here. I here, Here's the math on it. If he played 45 games only, the injuries get to him, etc., and has only a 2% chance of blocking five shots in any one game, now we're fair priced at minus 150. That's what has to happen for this to be the right price. If he plays like 65 games and 5% to do it, we're basically like 99 point whatever percent. Like I make this minus 700 minimum. I think it probably should be longer than that, shorter. I never know how to say it. Like you should bet this. So yeah, Victor Wimbledon to block five shots. Again, not per game. This is one time. One time in the entire season. He could do an opening night. Well, Wednesday opening night. He just blocked Luca five times and we're cashed. And yeah, you got to bet this one. Again, you have to look around. It's not everywhere, but there are a lot of like specialized Wimbledon props. They're pretty much all terrible. I found the one. This is the one that wow. I want. And I just will say this. I would bet this. 365 times if I could. So I'll just leave you with that little hint. All right. What else you got? Uh, just last thing, a couple of Wemby escalators. 
on the blocks front. Look, I'm not betting him for rookie of the year. We've done that already. I'm going to get into that here. But unquestionably, he may be ready to make a huge defensive impact. So I'm going to let you help me with this one. This is my last thing here. I have two choices. Either Victor Womanyama to make first team all defense right now as a rookie, plus 900. Or I can bet him to be the blocks leader at BetMGM plus 1,000. Now, I think that I like the blocks better. Most years, two and a half blocks a game does this. Jackson did it at 3.0 last year, but he did it the year before at 2.3. I think he's the right favorite, by the way. I like that bet too, plus 310. But (laughs) we don't know what Wembenyama is going to be. 10 to 1 to be the blocks leader. It seems like very much in play. Like, we saw, who, who, what was the jazz dude's name in the 80s? Mark Eaton, that yeah. just like was ginormous and swatted a billion shots every time. I think I like Block's leader better because like, like it, it would genuinely not surprise me if he has like some eight, nine block games where he's just swatting dudes. He's going to block some threes. Like this is the one thing we know for sure that he's definitely going to do. And rather than all defense does he get the reputation do we penalize for being a rookie are the spurs good enough like all that plays in blocks leader we just got to get to like two and a half or three a game and i think we're in the margin there so what do you think between those two i like the blocks leader i think it would be wild i honestly i don't know if it's like it feels like such a conservative number for the books to put a rookie to lead the league in blocks at 10 to 1 but uh, this is the thing is, you know, there's a lot of clips from this first couple of preseason games where guys are scared to challenge him. And you think like, oh, well, they're not going to challenge it. Doesn't that lower the block rate? No, because what that tells you is that the guards have enough sense of him to be like, no, he can he can absolutely like it doesn't matter what yeah. I do. He's going to get me. And like, that's the problem with him is that he can be out of position and you're still blocked. Exactly. Uh, yeah. There, there's been times where like guys beat him with a dribble and get to the rim. It's like, oh, nope, didn't no. matter. I'm four feet behind you. Still blocked you. Again, or, like, he, yeah, he, he, he will get physical and pushed away because we know it's going to happen to him. Doesn't matter. Reached his hand out. Still blocked you. Like as, he's just going to block a lot of shots. He has an eight foot wingspan. Yeah. He has an eight foot wingspan. So that, that, is, that is stand at the edges of a couch, reach your arms out and just touch both ends and lift it up. Like that's, that's eight yeah. feet. That's what we're talking about right here. Like we know he's going to block shots of the rim. You're going to be stunned when you're watching this guy standing in the paint and he's going to just like shock NBA dudes who are like, Oh, I got an open three rhythm three. Here I go. And out of nowhere, here's like a fingertip swatting it away. Cause women Yama took like a half step and just reached into the sky. Like the thing that, uh, what is it? Luke Cornett does the thing where he just like jumps. Wembenyama's going to do that and block a shot. Like in the middle of the, he's just going to be like, oh, that's a good move. I'll do that now. Block. I just grab the ball and go down to the other end. Like this is the most absurd take. All the things I'm saying right now, I hear it. Like this is not the thing I say about dudes. Wembenyama for blocks alone is that. So yeah, I'll take him as I'll roll some of that money over. We're going to win on the Wemby five blocks in a game bet. Put it on blocks leader at 10 to one. And uh, that's it. That's it for me and season props. All right. It's Brandon Anderson. You can follow him in the Action Network app at Wheaton Brando. All right. Albert Wynn, he's the analytics capper. Have you got a season prop for me? Yeah. So we both love this guy uh, last season, and I think he's going to continue to improve. But I think I like the under on Shea Gilgis Alexander on points. It's set at 30.9 points. Here are the reasons why. Since 1980, there's been eight or nine guys that have averaged 31 or more 
in back-to-back seasons, including, you know, Jordan, Iverson, Kobe, Harden. But if we think Shea is up to that level, he might get it. I don't know. He might get it. He might be that good. Chet is returning, uh, you know, for OKC, so that's going to take some usage as well. But some of the guys, some of the iconic guys that didn't do it, Durant, Curry, T-Mac, LeBron. So if you think Shea is greater than those guys, definitely go the over. But I like the under 30.9 points. Oh, that's a really sharp cap based off of like where OKC's shot distribution and everything else. Not not surprising for AC, the analytics capper. You can follow him on Twitter at analytics capper. Let's find out what Brian Fonseca wants for his season prop best bet. All right, join me now, Brian Fonseca. You can find him on the Action Network and in the Action Network app. Brian, you got some stat props for me? I want to hear them. How do you feel about Kay Cunningham this season? Bullish. You're an optimist? I'm, I'm bullish. What do you got? I like him over 21.7 points per game. Okay. Uh, this season i think uh i i don't know if this is a most improved player type of year and i'm generally against giving you know former top five draft picks most improved especially just three four years into their career where it's like hey they just developed <laughs> into who we thought they were going to become but i do think he's going to be a candidate for the award because i i'm expecting a breakout season uh people kind of forgot about him given he had a shortened season last year and we all heard about the buzz from Team USA camp and him playing the sort of Luka Doncic role and him being better uh, than a lot of the guys on the Team USA FIBA World Cup team at the time uh, in those scrimmages. I'm not betting it because of that. I just think Kate's going to be really good. And I think the Pistons now have a team that's ready to at least get to 30 wins, <laughs> you know, and I think that they'll be they'll be pretty feisty. Maybe toward the end of the year, you see them put some things together. And I th- I just think he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, and you'll see him put some 25-7-7 games together along the course of the season. I don't think that's what he's going to average, but I, I I like the slight over 21.7 points. Um, Give me like 22-23 points a game, maybe a handful of assists, five or six, things of that nature, maybe similar rebounds. I think Kate Cunningham's going to have a big year for the Pistons. So in preseason, he's shooting 33% from the field, and that includes 50% from three. On non-three-pointers, uh, he is shooting three of 11 per game. That's his average is three of 11 per game. So that to me is my hesitancy is I think he's going to have to show us that he can shoot. Like he's just going to have to show us he can finish and he can shoot before I can buy in. I don't mind the the bet based off of a usage perception, right? Like how good, like how good a player is Cade? What is all the hype on him? Uh, how much is he going to have the ball? Those three factors, I think make this a pretty good bet. My concern is I'm just like, man, what if they don't have any spacing again and teams crowd him and he just, he doesn't finish as well becoming off the injury and uh, he just still has a really miserable shooting percentage. You know, if anything, you look at this preseason stats and you're like, well, he's definitely not a 50% three-point shooter. He's shooting two of four per game right now in the, in the first two games. So um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little hesitant on the stat prop, but look, if he makes the kind of leap that everybody in, in Team USA talks about, if he's that player, then that's what they should look like, and, and that's what he should look like, and he should breeze over this number. So I don't mind that play at all. What else you got? Tyus Jones over 6.9 assists per game, just basically seven up. Um, Love another guy I think who's going to have the ball, and uh, obviously not as much as Jordan Poole, <laughs> but like, you know, Jordan Poole, he can get some assists with uh, Kyle Kuzma. I think there's potential for Tyus Jones to have a, a quality sort of old school point guard season where you see a bunch of games of 15 and 8 or 12 and 10, or 18 and 9, you know, sort of stat lines like that. I think that the assists feels like a good bet for me. 
Um, as far as everyone I was looking at for assist overs, this was the one I felt best about because I think he's actually going to get them. I don't think this is a situation where he leaves Memphis and all of a sudden he has to score. I mean, people will have to score because Washington's not going to be very good, but I think the assist prop is there to be had. And I also think that he's somebody, maybe he gets traded at some point this year, trade deadline or whatever, uh, winds up on a different team, different situation. That could sort of be a negative in this regard, depending on where he lands. But Ultimately, I think that he can go over this considerably. I think he can get to almost eight assists per game uh, in Washington because of how he plays the position, how he distributes. Um, and I just think that he's going to he's going to have those opportunities uh, to get this number. Second unit, I think, is where he'll feast, right? I think he'll be on a lot of like second quarter Tyus Jones props throughout the season because you gotta get, I just think you gotta get him separated from Jordan Poole because Jordan is is here to score. Like Jordan's gonna make his money based off of just putting up points. That's going to be Jordan's priority this season. I don't blame him for it. That's what he's known for. That's what he does. Um, but I think Tyus can absolutely put go to work on the second units, especially if he gets minutes with Kuzma. They have a lot of guys that are not in shot creators that are just kind of finishers, um, where you've got guys like Landry Shamit, You've got Corey Kispert, who I really liked last year. Denny right. Avdia is very much like a slasher kind of guy. you got Kuzma, who works really well in pick-and-pop situations. And Gafford, who uh, quite honestly is really underrated as um, as a finisher in pick and roll. And this is a name not a lot of folks will, will gravitate towards, but like Mike Muscala, if he plays, if he, if he winds up in the rotation, will hit pick and pop threes. If Tyus gets time to run that second unit, Tyus is going to be amazing. One of the things is just like Tyus is looking for the next extension to be pretty big. I wonder how that changes his approach to scoring. And whether or not he looks to get, to get points because that's the easiest way for him to show up on the stat line because he's not reliant on anybody else. But in general, I really like this. I think it's a very smart play. Uh, what else you got? Last one on player props. I, I just, it it has to stop at some point, right? LeBron James, 27.2 points per game. <laughs> it just feels like a large Va- number. Vaya con Dios, my <laughs> friend. You're on your own on this one. <laughs> Like, I know he keeps getting 27, 7, and 7, but I mean, even watching even watching the playoffs last year, Matt, where we see him deferring to Austin Reeves, who is, by some accounts at least, the most improved player candidate this year. Maybe we'll get to that, maybe we won't. But LeBron James at 27, 7, and 7, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a large under, potentially, but I, I think this is at least a slight under. Like, I, I don't think, one... I don't think he's going to need to get 27-7-7 unless Anthony Davis plays 48 games this year. But I'm not sure LeBron James is going to play more than that this year, given his recent injury history. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, Gabe Vincent. Like, I'm just looking at other guys on their team who are going to score, have the ball in their hands. And I think LeBron, it's more of like, not that he can't do this anymore, but that he's going to be more willing to take a slight backseat. And again, the number is 27.2. Yeah. I'm still getting the prop if it's 27.1, which is still a lot of points. So I, I feel I feel good about this one. I feel like LeBron, listen, this is year 21. <laughs> he's on the verge of turning 40. He will do so, I believe, next year, uh, December 30th. So he's going to be 39 in December. And I'm just like, how much longer can he just be a 27, 7-7 seven seven model of consistency? I think this year maybe is something along the lines of 25, 7 and 7. Strike me down if that's the case. <laughs> but I just, I looked at the number and I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. 
Can you name the five players that played 30 minutes per game at age 39 or older in league history? <laughs> there were five? There were five. Please, please, please do tell. Is Kevin Willis one of them? No. Can't be. Okay. It's, uh, he didn't play 30 minutes. Carl Malone did it twice. Let's see. Okay. John Stockton. Okay. Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. Reem Abdul-Jabbar. And Michael Jordan. Those are the five. 39 or older, playing 30 minutes a night. And either matters so, 27 points. <laughs> I don't have those numbers up right now, but I think probably some of them did. Probably um, Jordan. Definitely but, Jordan. you know, I will say this, though. Uh, I think you're right. Look, LeBron has every season he's talked about Anthony Davis needs to be our MVP. Every year he's done this. And every year he's had to kind of still be the guy because AD wasn't ready to step up. But AD's shooting a lot in preseason. Uh, Reeves is more set to contribute. They're moving the ball a lot more, and that's going to take a lot less off of him. Like, I don't mind this. This is a really good cap. I'm not going to bet it because I'm not betting against LeBron, but I I totally get where you're coming from. I think it's probably smart. Like, if you ask me to, to eyeball it, if you're like, what do you think he averages? I'd be like, I don't know, 25. That sounds right. And that gives you two yeah. points of clearance. Um, yeah. The problem is just like, is he going to have enough nights where it's like, oh, yeah, LeBron scored 35 and a win? Like, those are the questions <laughs> you have to ask. All right, that's Brian Fonseca. You can catch him in the Action Network app and on Action Network. Make sure to check him out for both his boxing and NBA coverage. We will be back tomorrow with another episode of Best Bets. You guys are going to love it, so make sure to tune in for that. My thanks to David Payne, our producer, and our great video team. Putting these up on YouTube page, youtube.com slash the Action Network. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.